Well, it's a dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense, trying to tangle with us. Scoop of a big black booty's in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money to search. You're ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Gary has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. Still doesn't know. I did get a visceral enjoyment of of Donovan Mitchell going, Oh, oh you oh you didn't think you needed to sign me. Oh, is that so? Well, <laughs> allow me to explain. Yeah, that's the biggest story in the NBA today. It's Donovan Mitchell's periodic competence for the Cavs. Yes, that's, hey mate, they're, they're I, six and one. We're just trying to find good news. I understand. Yeah, we're just try, I, trying to find something to talk about about the NBA that isn't waves hand in the direction of the general state of everything. Literally, that that is how I drove home this afternoon. Going, I don't. No, whether I want to talk about all the rants that shit in the NBA, I'd rather talk about the six and one Cavs. Well, the thing is, it's happening. So it's turning over so fast that it's um, James Harden's out for a month, and I looked at my Twitter feed, and it barely mentioned, it barely rippled. I know because like, it once was, upon a time that, that was that a month we ago. Spent an hour. That was a month ago, and by a month, I mean it was this morning. But, Balls podcast episode, whatever this is, three forty three, maybe. We we could have easily spun James Harden being out for a month into a whole episode. Um, well, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a footnote in the in the in the opening. So, well, not for me because it means that the Sixers, who, who quietly figured out how not to suck for a while, uh, are going to go back mm. to sucking because Harden was the only thing holding them together. And uh, Bead, which, which, looks which is nuts, man. And Bead looks ponderous and crocked. And uh, and it looks pretty grim. It might be a good excuse to get Doc fired and get him replaced by somebody else. But uh, well, at least at least you don't have to about, worry about him Doc being fired and and them hiring him. Yeah, Doc. Well, I don't know. Maybe there'll be a bidding war for the for the. I mean, we. Oh I feel like we need to like put you know put down the time capsule and say this is the current status of operations. And for people who aren't familiar with what goes on in the NBA, this is not normal. Kyrie Irving who seems to be trying to figure out every year a new and more interesting way of getting half the season off. Uh, he's, he's, I mean, he's Previously, he's taken time off for uh, personal reasons, which may have been mental health or just may have been I wanted, he wanted, to get, wanted a holiday. Uh, and last year, he decided not to get vaccinated and then got to take off a huge number of games. This year, he's decided to get himself cancel cultured out of the NBA by endorsing slash sharing links to an incredibly bad, incredibly long... Uh, incredibly anti-Semitic movie aimed at um, African Americans, trying to tell them that they are the real people of Israel and the the Jews usurped them and the Holocaust didn't happen, and a whole lot of other uh, clearly highly factual sorts of stuff that, that I'm sure Elon Musk is very keen on. Uh, Shout out to Amazon for still having. That oh, absolutely. Society. I mean, Bezos is uh, that's that's not a particularly Jewish name, I expect. Um, and has declined to even accept the premise. He did a whole lot of Liz Strustle, I refuse to accept the premise of your question when he was sort of questioned on why are you endorsing this, mm-hmm. uh, to the point where the various slaps on the wrist that the NBA and his team came up with were proved so ineffectual that the his team eventually just said, uh, you're going home for two weeks until you can come up with a better apology than what you've come up with. Uh, and weirdly enough, one just dropped on Instagram uh, this afternoon. So... Yeah, yeah, because because he still wants his cash. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, he still wants that cash. Um, but whether it, that it, will be enough, because I think he's still, in, in theory, he still gets his, his five-game ban. Um, yeah. He's got to go through this cultural sensitivity training or something. He sounds like he's definitely going in front of HR. Nick Friedel talking to him reminded me a lot of me talking to one of my kids when they're in such, like, you know, rage state that their brains aren't working yeah, and, and I try completely and- Completely spiralled. But my wife basically said, why are you even bothering? Yes. You know, no, nothing you say calmly and logically is making any sense at all at the moment, And but, you know, I, I'm stupid, so I persist. And that's what Friedel's just the the the- the bafflement in his tone, yeah, like, like but you, surely you understand. You put it on your on your platform. In the same breath, he was saying things like, you know, I I realize I have a platform, dot. I can talk directly to my people, and then you know, I'm, I don't have any, any influence over these people. You know, why are you saying that I'm promoting this stuff? But now he's he's backtracked, and he or his PR people have written uh, a pretty good apology the one he probably should have done in the first place yeah. so it'd be interesting there's, to see no, what the next what the next step is it is only an ass saving exercise there's no way there's no way he had any hand in that 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 came you came know, from his people someone said came from his accountant someone sent that to him sent that to him in an apple note and he copied and pasted it yeah. or might, might have even screenshot it if if that was even written on his iphone i would be surprised well i think it's um, the, 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 and the, the reality is that he hasn't actually done any of these things he certainly didn't watch that 3 hour movie because i know some people did and they're like that was awful in every respect it was awfully made it didn't make any sense and the bits that did make sense were horrifically racist yeah not good. Not good. Still better than some and of the reviews so, that we've got for this podcast. And so the Nets doubled down by firing Steve Nash and hiring a guy that had been suspended for a year for pretty bad HR violations. Well, the thing, so- this is the problem is that with, with, with Ime Adoga, who we've spoken about in previous weeks, we don't know the nature of whatever he and the person he was engaging with uh, at work, we don't know the nature of how that went bad or what, what the rules were, or we so. And the thing is that we're not going to get any answers until Ime Adoka steps in front of a press conference, which he he would have never had to do again had he not been in the scope to end up the coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Well, for him, he's got to take this job because it's the only way that he can get back into the NBA. It, it's and- certainly the softest landing he'll get getting back into the NBA because it's a team that sees <laughs> that likes him and sees the value in him. Yeah. It's KD seems to like him and sees the value in him. He, he and he was responsible for when they were playing at their best, when they were, you know, top of the Eastern Conference. And that very boring fucking truism that, that they were like Kevin Durant shoe size shoe size is incorrect and therefore they didn't proceed, which is bullshit. It's that's not how anything fucking works. But you know, if, if Durant had hit hit that three and not been treading on the line, then um, then different things might have occurred for that team. But I wouldn't have said necessarily they would have been winning a fucking ring for it. Well, I guess the good thing for him is that he's not going to be the biggest drama. Like, if he'd been coaching the Celtics, he would have been the biggest drama. And yep. at the Nets, he's just another one of – like, he's not even the biggest drama. Like, not even close. Um, it, it's uh, almost like the, the, they've brought in, you know, in order to put out one fire, they've started another one as a distraction. Mm. And therefore, they can just – each fire could point to the other one and say, look, say, look over there. It is basically the uh, – uh, it's like the Spider-Man meme, except both Spider-Mans were up to fucking vile shit. Look, I just want to say the NBA is incredibly competitive this year, just like our wins pool, which even though Adam got a hot start, uh, you know, like the Utah Jazz or the Trailblazers, 
it's um it's evened out a bit. Now I, I was actually going to say I think I would love to see the NBA flatten the odds even more to encourage stuff like the Jazz and the Spurs inexplicably deciding that they just want to compete and going all out and their coaching staff you know designing cool shit and and having a crack with clearly less talented teams than what they previously had. Yeah, people would love that right up to the point where the Warriors get the number one pick along with the, yeah. along with paying like a billion dollars in luxury tax. I think then people will get their upset. But, you know, I'd, I'd be more in favour of them just saying, fuck the draft. What we're going to do is we're going to give, uh, we're going to give like a tiered amount of, we're going to give you a tiered salary cap to sign rookie free agents. And the you know the the teams the shit house teams at the bottom can have more money to spend a little bit like the Formula One are doing with um, essentially budget caps and uh, aero time. They're saying okay, if you're coming last next year, you get the most aero time and you get the the, the you, your budget cap is tiered so that so that you've got the best opportunity to catch up. Yeah, maybe there's a better way to do it. Well, also you know, um, a draft is inherently anti-labor. You know, it's it's. Bullshit. You know, you, sh- you should be able to determine where you go to work under the conditions that, that oh, you choose well. to. And why? Why okay. not? Well, why shouldn't you be able to do that? And and if you make the choice, well, okay, I'm going to go and play for Orlando. Uh, yeah. The opportunity is shit, but they're going to pay me more money than than if I go and play for uh, Golden yeah, State. Yeah. Th- then at least yeah, at least they have agency in that decision. You, you would you would have to really like it's a lot harder to like how do you equalize Orlando to LA. Like, you know, I don't get to really choose where I live and work because Vanessa's tied to a university. But that's or your choice. It's your choice to be with that person. Yeah. And she true. could work at any uh, university. I- like, you know, she could, she could, there are, how many universities are there in, in Australia? Like 20, 30? There's eight just in New Zealand. But if you really wanted to, if you really wanted to work in LA, then you could go and play in the G League. Like, if you want to earn that money, then you go where you go. Uh, that's a ridiculous that. man. That's that's ridiculous. Well, it's 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 not much different to saying you can either be a FIFO worker and earn shitloads of money, or you can you know live and work in Brisbane and earn a lot less money. That that's not that different to to that concept. Uh yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> that's preposterous. I, I don't I don't see it's it's that big a deal, especially with the especially with these guys that will jump through nineteen different high schools. In their, you know, in yeah. their teenage years, just to just to get the slightest edge to get into a slightly better college to give them a slightly better chance. So at this, the NBA. so the model that you're proposing would have someone like Vanessa being drafted by a shit university, like you'd have to go yes, and move to right. Charles Sturt University in Wall- Bathurst Wollong- and be stuck there for. I think Wollongong at least has a beach. You know, shouts yeah. to Charles Sturt University, and you'd have to be there for seven years. Yeah, now sure, that's like- and her career success could be stymied for reasons that have absolutely nothing to do with her ability to do her job because the the hierarchy there is terrible or the, the opportunities aren't there or you aren't seen, you know, you don't get enough. I suppose the equivalent for researching might be that you, you don't get enough research grants in because the university's badly run or something. I'm fucking verbaling Charles Sturt here. I don't have anything against Charles Sturt University, but you can see the, you can see the point I'm making is that people should have the right to work they should have a, at least have the choice to work where they want to work, you, rather than being be forced careful. by the system. And given that, and if if they were the only employer in in the country, you know, yeah. if the whole oh, I, if you're like if like all the universities were basically part of a cartel, and they wouldn't let you go and work for another university, you have to go and work for that one. That's that's a very different circumstance to you know being a FIFO worker or choosing to 
choosing to work in one space or the other. That's that's, that's not the I same understand, thing. Man. I understand what you're saying, but oh, you, you got to have a system that doesn't allow the Lakers, the Warriors, and the Knicks to game. You know, to basically just stockpile all the best talent. But that, it doesn't offer. tend to happen anyway. I mean, what happens is that you end up with talent bottlenecks, and those players end up looking for. You, you sort of see that in college at the moment because they've they've loosened up the rules around uh, player transfers. They have this thing called the transfer portal. So yeah, the big money colleges can recruit all the all the you know the five star college kids. But yeah. then when there's a t- but you don't, if you don't want to be on the bench, yeah. Then you go to well, a, if you want time, you, you put yourself else. in the portal. You go off somewhere else, and you get a you get a more organic distrib- redistribution of talent that doesn't require you know some kind of great unseen hand of redistributive economics to come in and say no, you have to go and play in Orlando or you have to go and play in in Sacramento. Um, yeah. People get, seek oh. out these opportunities, and to be fair, oh, why I- should why should teams that, that do a shit job be rewarded anyway? Well, you're going to hate this, but one of Simmons's best ideas is that every year you're in the lottery. It like so essentially you can't get the number one pick two years in a row, and if you get the number one pick, then you can't get a top five pick the next year, and then you can't get a top nine pick the next. Like you know, if you want to continue suck sucking, if you're the Kings and you continue sucking even though you've got all these high draft picks, then we're going to take away your right to get high draft picks. So essentially for forcing you and there was someone else. To, well to go to was, go back to the university um analogy, there mm. are grant assessment rounds where what they do is that for people people who've got these grants year on year and they don't want people to get these specific internal university grants, um, because they want people to get them but then use them to jump onto bigger and better things and get big external grants. Uh, they basically put a, a, like a, a success metric, weight, success ballast on it so that their marks, so if their rating gets kind of weighed down a bit by the fact that they've come back to the same pool. And you'd essentially do that with the lotto balls. You would take 5% of their lotto balls away or you'd take 10% of their lotto balls yeah. away so that they their odds, even though they were – you know they might have the the best odds. They the, you just take you just take them away. You redistribute them to someone else. So I think Howard Beck had the best idea though, which is if you don't make the finals after a certain period of time, then the your, the ownership of the team becomes null and void, and the NBA is allowed to sell it to someone else. So See that that is really- that's I know I know they the, the capitalists love a bit, love a bit of socialism when it suits them, but that's full communism, and they are not going for that. No, I know, but could you just imagine the kings being up for sale every six years <laughs> because they got another owner and it just makes no difference at all. Uh, I think I, I, that's interesting. The kings haven't been up several while. It's usually only complete joke franchises like the Suns. Mate, the kings have the longest finals drought of any professional sport in in America now. Finals or playoffs? Playoffs, because the Mariners made the playoffs this year. I think it was. There was an there was a baseball team that owned the record, and now it's the Kings. Well, that's good for them. <laughs> They're not getting it this year. I, I just I, like I, I have just in, really enjoyed the um, you know the 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 table. I guess you know the Bucks. We expected that the Cavs in second. Hey, I thought they'd be really good. Didn't expect them to be second. The Raptors, well, we sort of all thought the Raptors would overachieve. Uh, I think I think that's you know that's that's kind of you know post hoc rationalisation. I don't think we're all jumping over each other to get the Raptors. No, no, definitely not in third. Like 
you no. know, we're expecting Bucks, Philly, Celtics. Celtics are down at fifth. Well, yeah, like the- like Adam was complaining that you know he was he'd been let down by who had he been left da- let down by? It was like some team, and I said, yeah, but imagine getting imagine deliberately choosing the Lakers, Nets, and Sixers. Yeah, imagine doing that. Imagine, imagine. Um, and then you know the Bulls. Well, we weren't. Really expecting great things for the Bulls just because they had a bit of bad injury luck and Levine was coming off a knee injury and we didn't know when we'd see him. Definitely didn't think we'd get the Wizards at seven. Uh, um, boom. Don't, don't worry, that won't be the case for long. Oh, I know, but like even even that they're eight games in and are at 500 is pretty crazy. And then, you know, the, the, ja- the, the Trailblazers, the Jazz and the Spurs being in the top four, like what odds would have you gotten for that? Even at this stage of the season, if you'd said eight games in, that it's going to be the Trailblazers, the Jazz, and the Spurs in the top four, you would have been certified. It's eight games in. I mean, it's eight games in. <laughs> this is the opposite of the overreaction to one game episode. I'm actually, and I was quite happy not to, not to record last week because I'm like, none of this is relevant and none of this matters because all of this is going to wash out. And by the time we're 20 games in, uh, it'll be back to you know looking pretty much like how we how we drew it up with maybe if one or two outliers like the Nets might not make it back. The Lakers, well, the, the, Lakers the Lakers will, will make, make it back, back to five hundred, and that's where they'll be. They'll like like we said in our preview episodes and over and over again. They're a five hundred team. They'll get back to being five hundred team. They're undefeated this <laughs> week, <laughs> which is impossible to say with a straight face. On the back of it's, it's, Russell Westbrook's defensive intensity. Oh, give me a give. It, it's amazing the breaks they get right. Like one good game, what two good, two good games, games, and they're like they, they, they were, they were a, two a, good a, wins. They were two good wins. They, yeah, they, they were sure. fucking hard fought rubbish, but they were two good wins. Well, th- this is the perfect example, right? Is uh, um, I read an article about how the the Nuggets are deliberately. Minimizing the the focal point of Jokic, right? They're trying to put more focus on other parts of the team to try and get everything running, yeah. so that you're not so that you're not always running stuff through Jokic. So they're not running as much stuff through him. They're trying to get Murray going. They're trying to get MPJ going. Yeah, yeah. There's two, there's two reasons for that, aren't there? The, one is to to learn a way of winning without Jokic, like, like the year that Bud got lots of shit for only playing one way with Giannis, and then the year that they actually won during the regular season, he did actually play around with some stuff and tried some stuff to get to find ways of of succeeding offensively and defensively without Giannis being the linchpin. And it feels like Malone is doing a bit of that this year. Uh, at the early part of the regular season with with Jokic, and also he's got a lot of parts that need to be reintegrated, particularly Murray, because he hasn't he hasn't been round for a long time. Whereas the Lakers are going full tilt, like they're, they're- the Lakers have to go full tilt. They're the Lakers, <laughs> but the fact that someone wrote a serious article about the campaign of Russell Westbrook for sixth man of the year, I thought it was, was defensive like- player of the year. He was going for. Oh my god! Well, the thing is, he has. And StatMuse did. Um, we quite tweeted on the on the podcast platform, but um, StatMuse did a thing basically saying that since he's come off the bench, you know, when, when he comes when he comes in off the bench, he's uh, the, the team is plus eighteen, and, and when he's when he's not there, it's he's there minus sixteen. <laughs> Bezo was googling how to delete someone else's tweet, but it is. Um, I mean, I don't I don't want to see I, I I don't want to see Russ fail. The way that I want to see like Elon Musk fail or Kyrie Irving fail, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of I'd feel a bit sorry for him. And he's a ludicrous dickhead, but he 
there's nothing heinously wrong with him as a human being to the point where, I mean, it's kind of the difference between sport hate and actual hate. I think you actually yeah. hate Russ because as an avatar for all of the selfish yeah, me first players. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Whereas I, I don't because I've never had to coach a Russell Westbrook. And the, and the fact that he constantly gets this, oh, Russ always plays hard, but he doesn't always play hard. He plays hard in the little bits of the court that he wants to play hard in. He, he plays vigorously. Actually- Although, to be fair, I think the one remarkable thing about the way that he's been playing is when he's been playing off the ball, and he, he has been playing defensive uh, basketball in a way that he hasn't been playing that for an extremely long time, probably since mm. early days OKC stuff. But I think I think the uh, NBA Twitter's reaction to it has obviously been – Massively outsized because NBA Twitter wants your Russes to succeed. Just because NBA Twitter loves a gunner, they love an Iverson. Yeah. They love that kind of player, that high intensity, barrel down the lane, chuck it down, mean mug for the camera sort of player. And you hate the, them because you're the coach. <laughs> the pro- the problem I, I I also think for Russ is once upon a time the talent pool was probably a lot lower in the NBA, and so. Even a limited Russ had a lot more value, but damn, like look at look at the last two rookie classes and how many players are effective game, maybe not game winning, but players that can actually do contribute to winning. Yeah, do, do well. A lot of it's to do with the way that basketball is won now. I mean, the the things that Russ. A faded Russ is particularly bad in a disproportionately bad way because it's in ways that are like his inability to hit any like any threes, like any threes at all, uh, is massively a problem. In the way that if he was this washed ten years ago, you know, if he, if he was this washed at, at kind of the equivalent Iverson stage, he probably would have stuck in the league for longer, just because he was still capable of doing stuff that was more relevant yeah. to basketball. The stuff that he's still good at is stuff that, that was more relevant to basketball 10, 15 years ago. You know, like the the Grizz are starting that oh, – I'm not going to get this name right. Santi Aldama, Aldama. And, I can't say know, I've been watching a lot of Grizzly, Grizzlies basketball, I have to say. But, again, like, the, you know, we sort of tag them as the new Spurs, and this is another guy that they've just unearthed, not a high draft pick. <laughs> I think the Spurs not, are still the new Spurs. Yeah. They're refusing well, to be the, refusing to be to be swept out into into into, the, into history. The, I'm afraid the Spurs might be the new Nets. The way their week's going, um, there is that too. Although, although the Spurs, the Spurs have done it in a lot more of a kind of a creepy pop used to work in military intelligence kind of way, haven't they? They've been very good at covering this story up until it finally burst out into the uh, burst out like an alien uh, chestburster into the media. Yeah. This is that one of their players uh, has been. Allegedly, serially exposing himself to staff members and um, well, being sued, to, to sued the, for it to the team psychologist, which is fucking yeah, which is which is difficult because and and the, and the Spurs are sort of hiding behind this patient, is now a legal matter. Well, also patient issue. client confidentiality and various other things. But I mean, it, it, what what it clearly went beyond what is uh, expected or appropriate in the context of whatever ther- whatever. It's not a team. A sports psychologist isn't there to be unlocking your deepest traumas, and his statement on being waived alluded to the fact that he has various deep traumas that that he needs help for. And you draw trying to draw the dots between that and what may have happened to him as a younger fella, and you you, you feel for him in that respect, uh, but you you can't be doing that. No, and I'm, in the process, I'm also thinking of. Um, 
Lonnie Walker, who was there previous years, not that he exposed himself to anyone, but but he um, came out and admitted and, and told the story of the fact that he'd been um, terribly abused as a, as a young a young fella. Um, but the, the, I only raised that to say that the Spurs have the best intelligence gathering apparatus anywhere in the NBL. The NBL, they'll probably do that as well, the NBA. They know, they knew probably about Lonnie Walker's background and the things that had happened to him before they, they drafted him. They knew what kind of dude Josh Primo was. They almost certainly knew what he was up to. They just wanted to cover it up until they wasn't capable of being covered up anymore. And that is the downside of having, of the Spurs way being the Spurs way. The only positive thing that you can say about it was they just went, Hard chop. There yeah, was yeah, no yeah, Kyrie. Yeah. There was yeah. no Kyrie Irving bullshit. It was because yeah. they literally just like up re-upped him for two years, um, and, and obviously got some sort of new information. And it was like goodbye. Or they re-upped him so that when they cut him, they they, they weren't just because they were probably aware of of whatever. You know, this is giving him more benefit of the doubt than he deserves. Maybe, maybe they thought we need to send this kid on his way with enough resources so that he can go and get proper help. Mm. And he's not going to be able to do that if we if we you know, cut him before he actually cut has any lines. income. I don't know. I tend to want to, you know, believe the best in people. But, you know, if you're showing your balls to your psychologist, then- um, Not good. Not good uh, Repeatedly, all. presumably she's saying, I don't, I don't need to see them. They're not I'm, not- I'm not. I'm here to assess your actual <laughs> brain, not your hairy brain, son. <laughs> I know a lot of people say that men think with their cock, but that's not what we're here for. No. Oh, this is the kind geez. of gravitas we need to bring to this circumstance. Um but at least, at least he has um, said, "Look, I've got a problem, and I need help, and I'm going to get help." Rather, unlike uh, Deshaun Watson, the um, NFL player who has a laundry list, like uh, two football teams worth of uh, amateur massage therapists who are, you know, who are filing suit against him for basically allegedly trying to um, pressure them into happy endings and other types of things on on what was supposed to be sports massages, and he's completely. Uh, Completely defiant and hasn't accepted any blame, and and you know has been kind of helped out by the by the, the clubs that he's that he signed for. Basically, um, he's suspended for most of this year, but the team that he signed for uh, kind of set up these contracts so that he would only be getting paid a million dollars this year. So he's not actually forgoing too many game checks. It's pretty sickening. So whenever you think the NBA uh, is a shit fight, just remember the NFL have well, industrially FIFA. commercialized the shit fight. Or, or FIFA, who who described uh, what did they say <laughs> being gay was like a politically political yeah. issue or something? Yeah, like, keep, keep so, somebody pointed out, out that, that that Infantino has moved to Doha with his family. Yeah. So presumably, presumably the same people who are going around um, allegedly uh, honey trapping gay dudes and then assaulting the shit out of them and then uh, arresting them is also they're also capable of going and knocking on his door and sort of saying, Hey, uh, uh we don't want any of this sort of stuff at their place. They have they have bought themselves a shit sandwich with Qatar and uh, they deserve all of it. Um and I have to say my interest in the in the tournament is is decreasing by the day. It is we are we are two and a half weeks out from a World Cup and I'm not convinced the world gives a fuck under any circumstance. The only thing keeping keeping this in people's minds uh, is the the daily shit show. Yeah. And I guess the games Will be good, but it's got some real, you know, Berlin pre World War Two does, doesn't it? Yeah, Olympic Games vibes, Although, doesn't it? We should probably think about well, maybe Russia twenty eighteen. I mean, that yeah. that all that seemed fun yeah. and games until until Russia invades Ukraine. 
Yeah, Jesus Christ! What a, what a, what an upbeat podcast we've done tonight. No, oh, completely upbeat. We- yeah, it's been like it's been like the worst state of Twitter. Sort of people really upset and grinding their teeth and wailing about the about all the plans. And I'm just <laughs> laughing my ass off. It's, if this is the yeah, way the it goes, are- this is hilarious. This is yeah, just the rest this- of us are like s- sitting around cracking beers, watching the house burn down. Well, what, we're just watching. Yeah, it's uh, what well, it's not my house. I can move. <laughs> I don't give a That's shit. True. I got nothing invested. It's sitting there watching the house burn down if you're a renter and all your stuff is easily moved <laughs> yeah. out. It's sitting in the truck ready to drive out. <laughs> but, you know, the person who owns the house is a fucking bell and never fixes anything on the rent. He's, a, he's, he's the worst real estate agent in the in the entire fucking – I've got to actually probably name a few in, in various parts of Brisbane that, I, that I'm not going to for legal reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just it's been so funny, just so funny, and I, I should probably should feel sadder about the fact that you know because Twitter has been uh, you know Twitter has been a place where I spent quite a lot of time over the last what thirteen years. Um, uh, look, and made a lot of friends uh, and, and had a lot of uh, jokes, but you know it's just a fucking website. I, I I still get some some laughs out of Twitter, like you know when the blue tick stuff happened. Oh. Like- I sent out a tweet saying, I don't know if I interact with anyone that's got a blue tick. And immediately Robbie Buck's like, uh, Bezo sitting over here. I was like, oops. Well, well there's friggin' um, the thing is that, yeah, all that, I mean, this is not sport, but all the things that, that they're trying to bargain for and are saying, these are the things you'll get if you've got a blue tick are not relevant to most users except for the scammers and the spammers. I mean, who cares about having priority in, in well, mentions? Because most conversations are not between people who are verified. Elon Musk, FIFA, and Kyrie Irving really do have quite a bit in common. Just fraud empire. Yeah. Just a bunch of fucking absolute Dunning-Kruger narcissists uh, with no idea about what they're doing and uh, have somehow failed their way to a position of, of success and power. All right, well, I am super keen to talk about music this week, Doc, so can we wind this up and come back and talk some tunes? Sure. Do we need to talk about any of the World Cups that are happening? No, I don't think they so. They continue. Other than it was other than it was really funny to, to see, you know, Australia possibly miss out on the finals in their home World Cup. But. Well, I mean, it's, it's not, never happened before, apart from 1992. Uh, yeah. But the uh, – I don't – there was, there was some sort of – Sort of smug New Zealand attitude that oh you know we we lost that game against England to knock Australia out. I don't think that's a good idea, and I think you know the world could come back and bite them in the ass if they. Well, they they just they just had three batsmen go out in a hat trick against Ireland. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, that might not might not be working out so well. Yeah, we'll for see them. how that turns out. And Australia have to um, have to win big, I think, don't they? To uh, yeah, to make sure they're they're in position and not have a rain out. Um, Anyway, yeah, that, all that stuff that will, would be hilarious. All of that stuff will have happened. Well, they're not really because Australia aren't a good T Twenty side, and, and you know I know they won the last tournament, but they're not a good T Twenty side. They don't. I mean, they're, they're a distinctly. The problem is that Australia is a is a distinctly unserious nation when it comes to T Twenty cricket. They treat it. They don't treat it like they're still treating it like that first one. Uh, that first T Twenty game where everyone had fake like moustaches and stupid hair, and they you know. Bogan nicknames on their shirts and wearing like eighties throwback World Series Cup uniforms. They still think that's what T Twenty cricket is. It, it, you know, if you- to be honest, made international T Twenty a lot more fun. Like I, I was watching that that Australian Island game, and the Island bowlers were bowling brilliantly, and and then one of their bowlers got called for like five wides and an over, and it's the, the batsman's moving around 
fucking six metres in his crease and the bowler's got this tiny little narrow window to bowl in. And it's like, this is a bullshit set of rules. It really is. If the batsman can do all this shit to, to interrupt the bowler, the bowler should be able to come, you know, come in and bowl with a bloody rubber chicken on his head or something. You know, like, it's just, I don't know. It's It's like you have a really, really good over and then it's, basically the guy can stand up and belt you back over the top of your head because of the way that the rules are set up. Um, yeah, not a fan. Not a fan of T20 anymore. <laughs> I'm completely flipped. T- T20 cricket is the Russell Westbrook of uh, cricket, is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, the fuck yeah. It's a bit too look at Let's me. Let's leave it there. Whereas I like fun, so therefore I'm in favour of Russell Westbrook and T20 cricket. Yes, that's me, anti-fun. <laughs> All right, Doc, I'll catch you next week. See you later, Artie Fun. Farewell, Auntie Jack We know you'll be back Though you're ten feet tall You don't scare us at all You're big, bold and tough But you're not so rough There's a scream as you plummet away Hello, me little lovelies So remember, you better listen to this song real close I'll tell you what, if you don't, I'm going to jump through your speakers and rip your bloody arms off. And I will too. Don't forget it. Especially you, stupid. All right, I am going to have a whiskey before four o'clock in the afternoon. I'll be back.